Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And today's episode is a replay of our live event, How to Make Impactful Branded Podcasts, featuring Mike Maynard and Nesbert Masuo of Napier B2B as they talk about storytelling and how it makes an impact for your brand, best practices, audience growth, and so much more. Stay tuned, and here we go. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. This is our September live event. We are so excited that you're here. We're here with the Napier B2B team, and we're talking all about how to make impactful branded podcasts. So this is going to be a really exciting live. Welcome. I'm going to read our brief intro, and then we are going to jump in. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to Corporate Podcasting Smarter and our September live event, How to Make Impactful Branded Podcasts with Mike Maynard and Nesbitt Musuo of Napier B2B. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Corporate Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions like this one, along with exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter and Corporate Podcasting Smarter podcast. Corporate Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a private podcast hosting solution for many companies, including Fortune 100 companies, enterprise organizations, and more, with secure encrypted podcasting and a proven track record within the industry. Head over to podbean.com slash enterprise to learn more about our business and enterprise solutions. And now we'll get started. Hello and welcome, Mike and Nesbert. Hello, Norma. Thank you so much for hosting us. We're yeah, hi, so Norma. Hi, we are so happy that you're here today. So before we jump in, just give us a little bit of an intro to um, each of your backgrounds and what you do with Napier. Mike, let's start with you. Sure. So um, I'm the uh, managing director of Napier, so effectively the CEO in, in European language. Um, we are an agency that works with uh, a wide range of technology companies. Um, but we are focused specifically on B2B technology. So we only work in the business to business space. Um, and uh, I've been running the business for uh, about 21 years now. Um, but most excitingly, um, a couple of months ago, uh, we actually switched to becoming an employee owned organization. So uh, technically, Nez is now my boss in that he owns the company <laughs> along with the rest of the employees. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. And I want to hear maybe a bit of it a bit about that later if we have time. Um, Nez, let's jump in and hear a little bit about you. Thank you very much, Norma. Well, my name is Nesbitt Musuo. I'm an account manager at Napier B2B. I've been working at Napier coming up to three years in February. And my role is basically an account manager, but I'm heavily involved in the podcast recording with clients in terms of liaising the process before, audio testing, recording live and editing. And I'm fam familiar with the fantastic Podbean platform as well. So very, very excited to be joining this podcast session and uh, yeah, ready to go. Oh, good. Well, we're so excited to have you here. So first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about, um, Nads, if you can just uh, briefly kind of go over for everybody out there, what is a branded podcast? Because 
you know, it's not an infomercial. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot out there in the industry. So, you know, we'll get into what is an effective and impactful branded podcast in a bit. But first, just give us a, a basic overview if you can. So a branded podcast basically is it's what the client wants to share. What 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 do you want to promote with your products? Um, so basically, we try not to make it too corporate, too about me, 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 but giving a USP um, about the brand again, but in a conversational and and fun style. So yeah, for me, that's what it's all about. Not coming across as a robot or too much uh, about promoting yourself, but again, just giving it an insight into what the business does whilst also um, giving a USP to the audience. Absolutely. And what are the benefits of a branded podcast? One, you give an insight into who the business really are, because from the face of it, people can just judge you from their website, social media, but you get to really understand the personalities behind the brand, what goes into the thinking. Um, So really, that's it gives people an overview um, of the people behind uh, the success. So for me, that's really uh, a big benefit. Absolutely. And I think also the values of an organization, because it's Absolutely. not direct, right? <laughs> it's exactly. You're not directly selling, right? You're saying, hey, this is who mm-hmm. we are. And this is, you know, what our company may That's do. But this do. is also, you know, who we are as people. These are our mm-hmm. values. These are, you know, this is the kind of organization that we are. So I think it's so important. And as well, Absolutely. that audio aspect, because you're getting, you know, you're not seeing something visual. You're really hearing voices from the company or that represent the company. So there's a lot there. Um, Indeed. Absolutely. So, um, Mike, I'm going to ask you next. Um, let's move into the impact that branded podcasts make. Let's just jump right in. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it. So I think that's a fascinating question because there's different ways to measure impact. Um, and, and fundamentally, it's quality and quantity. Um, and I think the impact in terms of quality is almost universally huge. Um, because no matter how many people are listening, those people are basically giving you a lot of their undivided attention. They're hopefully getting value from it, so they feel that they've, they've benefited from the podcast, and they're also learning about you. And I, I love Nez's, uh, you know, com- comment when he said it's all about you know letting people know the personality of the organisation. Because I, I totally agree. I think that's that's what podcasts do. The interesting thing is quantity, um, because. Branded podcasts can have very, very different audience sizes. Um, And quite a lot of them are quite small audiences. And I don't think a lot of the time it's about quantity. It's not about getting, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of listeners. It's about getting a small number of listeners in a really niche area that really care about you as a business, but can also make a big difference to your bottom line. So I think, you know, it's not just about the numbers. It's a lot about the quality. That's super important. Absolutely. And I just also want to follow up with you on that, Mike. How, because a lot of the time when we're talking about branded podcasts, we're talking about B2C, right? We're talking to business to consumer Mm. podcasts where, you know, maybe you're trying to capture consumer interest for your product Mm. or services via a, a branded podcast, but you guys work on the B2B side. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like as well. So I don't think it's it's really any different. Um, I think, you know, audience size is different. Um, it's much easier to get a B2C podcast that has a very big audience. Um, but inherently, most B2B companies have a small audience they're targeting anyway. Um, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, entertain or inform or maybe both. 
um, listeners. And so I, I don't see how that differs, particularly from a, a branded consumer podcast to a branded B2B. I mean, clearly the content's different, but but the actual approach seems to me to be very much the same. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I want to get back to that in terms of impact, but um, Ness, I want to next ask you about the content. <laughs> cool. Because you produce quite a few... Um, podcasts with Napier. And so I'd love to hear some specific examples and uh, what kind of content businesses that are in the B2B space are really looking to create within podcasting? Great question. I'm not sure if that's better directed. Mike will probably give a, a better insight towards that question. Um, but I can certainly give it a grow. Absolutely. <laughs> so in terms of content, um, we look at basically different organizations that we entirely work with that again give like I mentioned earlier a USP so for example would love to learn and know how they can benefit our clients or in people in general because we love to make sure these podcasts are not only relevant but useful for people you know within the industry and the field so again the content is all about aiming to help people and understand what the business does and perhaps they might want to work with that company in the future Absolutely. So, Mike, let's hear from you on that one. So I think Nez is absolutely right about the content. In terms of, of who's interested, it, it's it's for us, it's very much on a company-by-company company basis. But there's no sector we work in that doesn't have people actively pursuing brand-new podcasts. So um, it seems to be much more around attitudes of the marketing team. Um, and that can be based on a couple of things. I mean, one is you know, whether they're people looking for new channels, new ways to reach the audience. Um, and the other can be how they're measured. And I did mention earlier, one of the challenges of podcasting, particularly in the B2B sector, is that a small audience can be a good audience. Um, and so if you as a marketing manager are measured on volume and numbers, um, you might be a little wary about podcasts, because once you look into it, you'll understand that certainly in the initial few episodes, it'll be hard. You know, you maybe get a few tens of, of people listening. Um, so I think sometimes it's things like internal politics. Um, but in terms of, of, you know, which sectors we go out, go to talk to that, that are interested in podcasting, there's always somebody in a sector interested in podcasting. Absolutely. So can you guys give us an example? Uh, and this is for both of you. Can you give an example of some of the podcasts that you've worked on that, you know, really embody that B2B proposition. And and for everybody out there listening, USP is unique sales proposition. Uh, Ness, you've mentioned that a couple of times, and I just want to make sure we were clear there for everybody out there. Um, but it's really, you know, something something that makes your business um, or your product unique and worth purchasing, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, can can we get into some specific examples of some of the podcasts that you've, that you've created or worked with clients on and maybe some of the impact that they've seen? Go ahead, Ness. You, you talk about sure. some of the ones you've worked on. Absolutely. So one of the ones we've worked on is a company called Farnell. Uh, again, we've done a fantastic series with six episodes. And again, in the first couple of months um, after launch, we saw some really encouraging and impressive results in terms of, you know, coverage, the amount of countries that were listening in. Um, so it's really, really impressive. And obviously the client loved it that we actually started a second season, which we are in the process of recording right now. We've recorded four episodes, so two to go. And again, we'll launch later on this year. Um, other clients include uh, Vicor and uh, ABB Energy. Again, fascinating in terms of 
the different clients uh, and, and podcast guests and hosts, the relationships we have and, you know, the different products they're trying to sell and what basically do to help each other. It's, it's really, really fascinating. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when, when you're speaking about creating a narrative for a business in terms of a B2B um, use case, what's different? So, so that's an interesting question. I, I think Nez produced, um, you know, two really fascinating examples of podcasts when he talked about Farnell and Vicor because they're quite contrasting. Vicor, um, they want to communicate. Their narrative is about where their products are used. Mm. Um, and they make um, products that go into electric power systems. Um, so um, they have a very unique technology. It's very complicated. They wanted to try and... Um, you know, make it much more accessible by really explaining the range of applications. Um, and it's unbelievable from, um, you know, electric motorbikes all the way through to, uh, they, they have a client who basically builds coral reefs, like live real coral reefs. They've, they've got technology wow. that causes coral reefs to form. It's, it's incredible. All customer focused. Farnell, on the other mm. hand, was very different because um, what they do is they're, they're um, basically a channel partner. So, so they take products from manufacturers and they sell them through to end customers. Um, so they're not making products themselves. But what they can do is they can bring together different um, manufacturers, different suppliers, um, and talk to them in a podcast series in a way that it's really hard to do elsewhere. There's not really anywhere else, any other sort of business that can bring together these people with really quite differing views. Mm. Um, so not only did they they create this podcast, and as Ness says, the podcast was very successful, um, but we also um, used the content. So we took mm -hmm. the transcripts, edited transcripts, um, and created eBooks of uh, basically the interviews. Um, so it was an immediately a written form of content, mm -hmm. frankly, without a huge amount of work, and certainly no more work for Farnell. Um, there's a little bit of editing and layout work, but it, it, it was you know it was great to take that. And then what we actually did is we do a lot of um, PR. We actually took the individual podcast interviews and we because we'd um, made sure there was consistency in questions, um, where we had different companies ask it, answering the same question, we created almost like a, a roundtable discussion from that podcast interview or from the podcast interviews where, you know, literally answers from different podcasts were brought together into a single article. So, you know, Ness is right. I mean, there's lots of different things, but actually all the clients are doing something slightly different. Mm. Um, and I think it's about doing what's right for you and what, what feels, um, you know, to be your brand and, and more authentic rather than to say, hey, if you're doing B2B, this is what you do. It's, you know, step one, step two, step three, because that, I think, just produces boring podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about keeping it interesting. But you did kind of address one of the questions that I was going to ask in a bit. But um, what do you do with the content? Because I know that you guys are doing some really interesting things in terms of repurposing and restructuring your podcasting content. So first off, I want to ask how B2B podcasting and branded podcasts fit in with a larger marketing strategy. Um, yeah, Ness? So I'll go for it. Yes, absolutely. So Mike touched on a great point. So the beauty of podcasts is you can spin it off into multiple different things. So not only just the social content creation, because you can create snackable content, small bites, and then you can then create topics, theme topics on a weekly basis. But you can also spin it into white papers, ebooks, you could do uh, presentations, there's, there's multiple um, things in terms of that can align with your marketing strategy. Um, so 
it's a wonderful open book of of what you wish to do with them um yeah okay sounds good um i, I mean specifically i've heard you you both speak about ebooks which is pretty cool and articles so it sounds like that the, the way that podcasting is working within a larger marketing strategy as well is you know to not just take those small bites but to really you know put them under an umbrella of a larger strategy right whether it's um, like a larger PR campaign or a product initiative or something specific, um, you know, it really sounds like that you guys have tapped into repurposing <laughs> or just utilizing the value of branded content as well within podcasting. So that's really great to hear. Um, in addition to eBooks and articles, especially written as a roundtable, which I love, you know, taking all those mm -hmm. unique perspectives and, and packaging them together in that way, um, have there been any other specific um, content verticals that you've been able to repurpose branded podcasts into? That that's interesting. the The written side works really well. Mm -hmm. um, it's relatively straightforward, um, and it also creates um, you know great lead generation campaigns because obviously you've got an ebook, and you know the classic thing is you need a lead magnet to get someone to fill in the form. What do you do? Well, an ebook is a, a great example of of how to do that. Um, we do do uh, little bits of video, but um, typically, you know, I think the interesting thing about podcasts is there's two areas. One is kind of like the measurable, and, and a lot of people like podcasts because you can measure downloads. You can't necessarily measure listens, but you can measure downloads. Yeah, right. um, so they like the measurable bit of that. They like the measurable bit of, um, uh, you know, in ebooks, you can work out how many people fill in a form to get the ebook. But I think that's missing a lot of the value of podcasts. A lot of the value of the podcasts is in, um, the way people perceive you, your reputation, your image. Um, so I'll give a couple of examples. You know, Vicor um, actually have a very, very good program of customer case studies, but it's really hard work. It takes time. A lot of them never get finished. You know, it's never, it's never the priority for the customer to do that because it could be quite a lot of work because it needs lots of sign-off. Um, you know, the secret is today is that we're in kind of this golden age of podcasts where if you say to a customer, hey, would you come on and talk about your application on our podcast? Generally speaking, the customer will be like, yeah, sure I will. And, and, and there's none of this kind of slowness and bureaucracy. So it's it's relatively easy to get a great case study from a customer. Um, and I'll be honest, when we started our podcast, um, we didn't have a listener target. We didn't care about listeners. And, and the only reason we started a podcast um, was that, I'm a bit geeky about marketing technology mm. and I was tired of talking to salespeople. And so it was, how do you talk to people who are like at the next level up other than the sales team? Um, and the answer is you create a podcast, you invite people on. Um, mm. And certainly once you've got some momentum behind that podcast, you know, we've had on chief marketing officers, CEOs, you know, of, of really powerful, important um, uh, uh, marketing technology software. So, you know, people can come to me and ask about something. I can say, well, yeah, I talked to the CEO about that. Um, and it's unbelievably powerful for your image. Um, but it also gets you really good insights as to what these companies are doing as well. So I think I think there's so many intangible benefits from podcasts. Yeah. It, it's all too easy to race down the route of, of trying to look at measurability um, or trying to think that everything you produce is just about promoting the podcast. So again, um, you know, if you look at my LinkedIn feed, it'll have video of people um, that I'm interviewing on the podcast. Yeah. Yes, that helps promote the podcast, but it also helps by association to promote the image of Napier as well. True. Absolutely. 
Oh, yep, Ness. And just to add to what Mike said, it's also a great way of cementing the relationships between, for example, the customer and the supplier. And again, you know, Farnell, for example, they've got a technical resources hub where they'll put links to their suppliers, pay, uh, suppliers pages on their website. So again, it's a great way of building that image and that trust. You know, if Farnell got all these suppliers, wow, we want to work them in the future. So th there's multiple incredible uh, benefits for, for each party. Absolutely. And I, I love what you said about use cases, you know, because when you are interacting with a customer who's had a positive experience with your brand, right? Mm. This is this is what you want to share. And a lot of the time, right, written use cases maybe aren't going to share that excitement or enthusiasm for your organization. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's such an important aspect. And, and, you know, similarly to what you said in terms of repurposing, you can use those use cases in terms of written content as well, but just having, you know, having that excitement and, and the vibrancy of a human being who's had a positive experience with your company is huge. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so important. And we've spoken a little bit about scale. Um, and, and I want to kind of go back to impact a little bit before we move forward. Um, because on the B2B side, it, it, it's not necessarily linear. <laughs> So, um, Mike, I kind of want to, I kind of want to direct this to you. So in terms of, um, the value that an organization is going to see from a branded podcasting initiative or a B2B podcasting initiative, um, you know, what, what specific benchmarkers are they going to want to look for? Because, you know, audience size, as you mentioned, is not a determining factor because, you know, maybe instead of, you know, $10,000, $5 clients, right? <laughs> you have two multi-million dollar clients and that's, you know, who the podcast brings to you. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and this is true, I think, of marketing generally, not of just podcasting, is you've got to identify metrics and make sense for your business. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'll give an example. I mean, Final, who Nez mentioned earlier, um, they have, I think, globally about 6 million customers. Um, you know, it, it's in the millions anyway. Um, so they can actually get quite big scale. They can get quite large numbers of listeners. Um, and they have lots of, they, they have a like a social media property they have for engineers, which again gets loads of, it's, it's, they're super, super successful um, at getting listeners. But in other sectors, you might have a relatively small number of people you want to reach. Um, and so it might be much more about knowing whether, you know, anyone at your your top customer is listening. Um, mm -hmm. That might be important. Or the other thing is we have clients, and, and this is particularly true in B2B, you have a lot of industries where the sales cycle, the time um, it takes to actually sell something can be very long, many years, in fact. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think about... Um, uh, you know, industries, I mean, one of my favorite clients is a, a client that does baggage handling systems. Can't sell a baggage handling system until someone builds an airport terminal. Um, right. So they, they literally can spend, you know, um, seven to 15 years um, selling. Keeping people engaged through that time is really hard. So actually, maybe you don't care about it being a big customer. Maybe you don't care about someone actually, you know, going out and buying something as a result of the podcast, maybe all you want is to have people, you know, in that airport, you know, is going to build a terminal in the next couple of years, listening to it and thinking about you. So, so metrics, you know, to say there's one, one magic metric, that's completely wrong. It's all about thinking about why you're doing the podcast. Um, and if you achieve that goal for the podcast, that's fantastic. Don't let anyone tell you you don't have enough listeners. 
Absolutely. No, I love that answer. Um, and I kind of want to want to, it, it directly leads to our next question, which I'm going to direct at Ness first. Um, yeah. But in terms <laughs> of products or services, maybe that, that may not have the most uh, consumer appeal, um, mm-hmm. how do you make them interesting? <laughs> We're talking about, you know, for instance, with Mike's example, baggage handling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are some, you know, what are some key aspects maybe of storytelling um, or that of, of, you know, bringing that human side of the brand to light that you guys utilize? That's a great question. So one of, one of the things we do encourage is to make it personable. So make, pretend you're speaking to your friend down at a restaurant, make it, assume someone might not know exactly what, what you mean. So again, you know, not dumb it down, but just make it relatable. So that's one of the things we like like to say to our to our clients pretend you're talking to a to your friend to 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 make it so they understand so that's a really great way um of making sure one they they tell a story behind what they're saying uh, and making sure everyone understands so definitely we are encouraged not to be too technical but yeah definitely make it relatable relatable i love that uh mike i i mean i think there's as as hit the nail on the head the the thing to do is to make sure your content's the sort of content that works with podcasts mm-hmm. um so you know a, a great example again we've talked about Vicor. I, I i think Vicor's you know an amazing company they've got this this incredibly complex technology for power systems that is unique to them nobody else in the world has been able to you know develop it it's completely their own technology it's really, really complicated. <laughs> if you talked about those products in a podcast, it would be a disaster. It would be so difficult. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to explain verbally the complexity in the product. Mm. By looking at it and saying, well, actually, what we can do is we can say, well, our products do this. And for, because of certain you know, reasons, actually, they are ideal for this particular customer who just happens you know, to grow coral reefs. Um, and then suddenly what you've done is you've made it very relatable. You've made it very interesting. The customer will talk a little bit about the benefits. So the people who might be customers will go, yeah, I understand. I need to look into that. It won't explain everything. And trying to explain everything, I think, is the big mistake in podcasts. But it will just start your potential customers, your prospects out on that journey of, yeah, actually, I need to listen to that because I've got a similar problem to these guys. You know, I'm trying to get very efficient power supplies, you know, not losing energy or I can't afford to have large. It's going to be very small or, you know, any of these other benefits. So I think it's about making sure you don't try and force things in. You get content that's right to the uh, to the format of, of a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something where, you know, if you're not going to if you're not going to go into full detail. Right. What what are you doing? Right. I guess that's the question Mm -hmm. that people out there who are thinking about creating a branded podcast want to know. Absolutely. And I also recommend, you know, arranging a set of key topics before your podcast, because otherwise you're you're in a massive minefield. You could go either direction. So do you recommend having setting aside three or four topics and that way your podcast is structured and on point and then again you can make it personable and rather not go with too much into tangents on, on other subjects absolutely and i think a lot of random podcasts also you know if your product isn't directly applicable or it's it's maybe a bit complex it's something where you know you can really utilize podcasting to talk about the values of your brand as well mm-hmm. yeah so uh ness can you speak about that a little bit 
So, so which which mind the values speaking about the values of a brand instead of the direct product oh, okay. or yeah sure yeah so we found that's very important again going back to our what we discussed earlier um it's important that the company shares you know what what makes them unique what they stand by their values their usp um and again how that relates to their products and services and how then also that links to their supplier who they have a partnership with so values are really key to lay across in these podcasts um, to, again, differentiate them to, to others, to other companies out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, this, this may seem like a pretty straightforward question, but what kinds of companies can benefit from branded podcasts? Oh, a- anybody can benefit. I think, I, I don't think there's, uh, there, there's anyone who can't benefit. Um, Actually, I'll take that back. The people who can't benefit are the people who are not enthusiastic and committed. It, it's hard work. It takes time. Um, I'll be honest, that there's a real cringe factor about getting in front of a mic and recording yourself speaking and then putting that on the <laughs> internet. It, it, it's really tough. A lot of people find it really difficult. I mean, Nez is, is the person we use for training our clients and getting them um, much more comfortable in terms of, of actually presenting a podcast. Um, and that really matters. So I think if you're not you're not prepared to you know put the work in then then don't do it i mean don't do it just because it's a tick box but is there a reason why any company who wanted to make a podcast successful couldn't no i think everybody's got a niche and actually one of the lessons we've learned is that with the napier podcast it, it's a fairly general about you know um b2b technology marketing um and we've looked at it and we've looked at the growth and actually we're going to produce now a second podcast where we're going to narrow down more into a niche of marketing because although the audience again might be smaller um we're going to have a small number of really quite engaged people um but it's also going to be very easy to find so once you go super niche um you then might only have an audience of you know let's say the the global audience is 500 um and if 20% of those listen to podcasts, 20% will see your podcast mm. because they will find it through search because there's so few other podcasts. And I think, you know, it's something people talked about early on in the days of podcasting is that, you know, you, you can have a million different niches. Um, and to some extent that's happened, but I don't think it's quite played out. I think people have still chased audience size rather than impact or value. Um, and so for us, I, you know, I believe that, this, this argues more that anyone can can be successful in podcasting because the more niche actually potentially the better absolutely and i yeah. i love what you said to that because once you really hone in on that niche you've captured the entire niche so everybody who's really your you know dream soulmate customer right now <laughs> or you know that that's the perfect match for your product or service they're gonna find you absolutely. and so you know as that niche grows, right? As in general, your market grows, everybody who wants your product knows you're it. So I think that that's a really important Mm -hmm. aspect. Yeah. And I would love to back that with some figures again, Mm -hmm. just touching back on our client again, niche. But again, we noticed in the first three months, we had 1400 downloads globally in over 10 countries. And we're talking about UK, US, Germany, 
India, Australia, mm-hmm. Poland. So again, I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Once you find your niche, people will find you. And before you know it, you know, you have incredible amount of global media coverage. I mean, again, touching on our client there, you know, over 16 million online impressions, um, you know, from the press releases, again, from the, all these pieces we've, we've repurposed from this podcast, you know, over half a million impressions from display advertising. So yes, find that niche and go for it. People will find you and things will perform. Absolutely. And I, I love what you said about that. And I, I think also the important thing to remember as well, which I'd love for you both to touch on, is that podcasting takes time. (laughs) It takes time to create a show, to make a show, and then to see that impact. So um, Ness, if you could also speak to that as well, because I think a lot of a lot of people and some organizations have this myth of I'm going to start a podcast and then <laughs> millions of people just are going to flood my podcast. Uh, that's a great point. So what we found is it, it planning, you know, if you plan it properly, yes. it will be a success. So don't go in, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to be, you know, set the expectations, find your right suppliers and the right clients, find what you want to talk about. What do you want to achieve from this podcast? What's the key messaging you want to get across? What values do you want to share with people? And then narrow it down. This, guys, this is what we're going to do and go for it. Make it relatable, make it personable. But what we also say is have fun. That's what a lot of people forget. They want to be corporate serious. I have to get what I've, you know, everything I've listed down on this piece of paper out. And you don't have to. Just say a few things. But again, just have fun because that will come across really well and better than someone just reading off a piece of paper so plan and it will come come to fruition absolutely and i love that it's kind of like you know you're throwing a party and you're inviting your audience so that's <laughs> yes. so fun you know that aspect of 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 just you know making people feel welcome and happy to be there yeah. i think that's a really important aspect um is there is there anything specific that you say to your clients to manage those expectations of growth or you know also to manage those expectations of production as well so when we're, we're we're selling like podcasts, actually quite very rarely do we sell. Normally people come to us and ask. Um, but uh, you know, when people come to us and ask, the first thing we, we we say is, look, really don't measure your audience. And I think it's super important to not measure your audience for at least the first ten episodes, mm. um, because very few people are going to subscribe to a podcast with one or two episodes. So, um, you know, when you say time. It takes you know time to record each episode, but actually it's more the time it takes to build up that momentum. And in podcasting, that that is a, a major challenge. You've got to understand it takes a long time. Um, so we're saying produce content you think's good. Um, and if you think the content's good, then it's going to work. I mean, you know, one of the things we, you know we'll use is when we're selling to new clients, and maybe they're asking us about, you know, how well do you know this particular product? We go, well, here's an interview we had with the CEO of the product. You know, we've kind of met the CEO, and um, it's amazingly powerful to do that. And equally, when you've you've you know you're looking at a product supply, you know, like um, again maybe Farnell, it's like, well, you know, if I'm choosing Farnell as my supplier, how well do you know how well do you know all these people are manufacturing the product you sell? It's like, well, here's the podcast, here's the relationship, you know, we, and and if you're having fun, and Nez's advice about having fun is the best thing because to do you know 20 podcast episodes where you don't enjoy it is it, it's just not going to work. If you enjoy doing it, you'll just keep doing podcasts. Mm. And you will be successful in your niche. Um, and, and at the moment, there's very few niches that, that in B two B that are saturated. In fact, I'd say there's 
almost no niche that's oversaturated in terms of the B2B sector. Consumer, yeah, it's much more hard. But in uh, in business to business, go for it. You know, if you're committed, you produce content that's pretty good. Um, that'd be great. And, and don't hold back. I mean, we do a lot to try and train and do dry runs and things with clients to get that first episode to be as good as possible. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you look back at the first episode of Napier's podcast, Marketing to B2B Technology, it's pretty awful. It's pretty <laughs> terrible. I mean, we just tried and and uh, then decided we didn't like it and changed the format a bit. But, but uh, I think don't worry about that. Nobody really goes back to episode one. So get out mm-hmm. there, try it. If you enjoy it, I think it will work. Oh, I love that answer. And I, I think it's, it's, you know, there's this common, common theme in podcasting. Nobody likes to listen to their first episode. So <laughs> you just kind of have to jump in with both feet. I think that's really important. Um, but you really led into my next question here about what are some best practices for organizations that maybe have started a branded podcast or are thinking about it? Ness? Uh, best practices, um, definitely have themes, have certain topics you want to cover. Um, so that also, um, we try and say to our clients 20 to 25 minutes, because we've experienced in the past, if you don't put a time limit, you know, before you know it, you're an hour there and with all due respect, no one wants to listen to over an hour's podcast. Cause otherwise it, it could drone on. So we try and keep it short and sweet, keep hooking people to come back for more. Um, don't always have to say everything in a podcast. Try not to speak over one another have fun, make it relatable, and um, yeah, just enjoy every, every second. And like we mentioned, if you don't don't listen to the first one, because we've noticed the more the more you do, the more experience you have, the better you are. Just like any in anything you do in life, so just go for it. Oh, I love that, and I, I think there is something to be said about kind of settling into your show, right? Yes. As <laughs> as you become more comfortable, as your messaging becomes more concise and clear you know, as you continue on your podcasting journey, Mm -hmm. it's something where, you know, you're going to, that voice, the voice of your show and your podcast, and also the voice of your brand is going to really develop as well. So I think that that's really important. That's a really important aspect as well. So that's fantastic. Um, And I want to talk a little bit, we we kind of touched on this when we spoke about lead magnets and eBooks and, and articles utilizing the podcasting conference or sorry content um but uh in terms of distribution and hosting i mean we're a host here at podbean but do you have any specific um strategies around distribution or releasing episodes um in terms of the timing and direction of that i i, I that's an interesting thing i mean we in terms of distribution as many places you can I, I mean, that, that's the the, yes. the obvious answer, but actually it's really important. Um, you know, yes, Apple Podcast is huge, but it's not the whole podcasting world. So um, breadth of distribution is really important because, you know, it's hard to get someone to want to go and listen to that first episode um, so and, and then subscribe. If they go, go somewhere where they normally get their podcast and you're not there, then that's a disaster. So mm-hmm. I would say broad as possible in terms of, of distribution, that's got to be the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, and then in terms of, of releasing, looking, looking at stats, I think consistency is important. Mm. 
Absolutely. But I, I'm completely not someone who believes that a particular day matters. Um, you know, there are some issues. I mean, people who don't have a podcast won't know, but actually, you know, once you, you upload your podcast uh, to your, your podcast host, there's a somewhat of a delay to get it out to all the podcast systems. So um, don't expect that as you upload it, it's instantly available on Apple because it won't be. It will yeah. take some time. Um, but it's it's only, you know, a few hours or so. Um, what you should do is is maybe think about what makes sense. Um, for us, actually, we tend to upload on a Friday. Everything's ready on a Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at it in terms of downloads, really that day that we release doesn't make any difference at all. So we've not found it. You may, um, Norma, actually have better stats than we do on that. Oh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. I could, I could, I could wax on about that. But, um, yeah. yeah, in general, there are certain days of the week where it's um, you're going to, in overall, in terms of all podcast listenership, you're going to get uh, yeah more downloads but i do also think that that's niche specific to your mm -hmm. to your podcast um in terms mm -hmm. of spacing of the episodes ness because you also mentioned yep. you know a series of six for one client now mm -hmm. you, you produce four for the next season what mm -hmm. what's the spacing that you guys implement on that and recommend to clients because you know there is that binge factor right <laughs> that's true that's true yeah. people, yep people want to come back to listen for more so to be honest, it varies from client to client because also also depends on the material we're going to release alongside the podcast. So whether it's an article, press release, ebook, white paper, the social content that will support the podcast. So I mean, we recommend um, every other week. So every two weeks, we release a new one. So that gives it time, you know, for to do all the other supported materials to go alongside the podcast. So every two weeks, or if not one once a month. And that, again, gives the client time to get everything else distributed. So it varies from client to client, depending on the supporting material we have. Absolutely. And it sounds yeah. like, you know, the supporting material, because when we were talking about earlier, we weren't that clear about this. Um, you know, when you're utilizing content from your podcast, possibly to create an ebook, to create an article, to for mm -hmm. social content, you're not necessarily publishing the podcast episode and then repurposing it at a later date. You're coming out of the gate right? <laughs> with a full exactly. strategy, with a full launch for each episode. And I think that that's an important aspect to remember for podcasters out there, because, you know, a lot of the time, maybe you make the podcast episode and it's like, oh, you know, whew, that's over with. But uh, it's something where, you know, when you're looking at making that larger impact, right, you're utilizing that content in real time. So when the episode comes out, you're launching it you know, with maybe teasers on social, with an ebook, with links in the show notes to, you know, articles, white papers, anything that, that, that is relevant. So I think it is important to, to speak to that strategy as well. So that's also a really important aspect. Mike, did you want to jump in? There? Yeah, no, I was going to say that there's I, what we found with um, B2B is that almost always the person who's, who's hosting, effectively running the podcast inside the client company has a day job. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the issue is, is what's the optimum frequency? Well, you know, I'd probably say the more frequent, the better, basically. But if if you've got somebody who, um, you know, has another job, um, is, is busy, they can only record two episodes a month, don't go out with a weekly frequency. That's crazy. Um, and equally, we quite have quite a few clients who like the kind of um, episodic approach. So again, if you're going to record five episodes every six months, don't release them on a daily basis. 
Yes. Um, because by the time you get to the next episode, people have forgotten. Um, you know, if you've got a great podcast, a daily basis might be an awesome frequency. Um, but nobody in B2B we found has really had the time because typically you're getting people who, who've you know reached a certain position in the company. They're normally expert in a certain area, which is why they're hosting the podcast because they've got a lot to say. Um, but then unfortunately their time is severely limited and then you've got the creation of the materials. So it, it's often a case of the podcast frequency is dictated by everything else rather than everything being dictated by the podcast frequency. Yeah. And really about the bandwidth of your team. You know, I think that yeah. that's really important. You know, when we're speaking about what goes into making a podcast episode, it's not just the podcast episode. And so, you know, when you're thinking about overall impact and a larger strategy, that's so important because there are going to be aspects that are stressful if you don't plan yeah. them out, right? There are going to be aspects that maybe add a lot of pressure to the team or or you're not going to make the impact that you want to make because you you haven't given yourself the the time to, you know, create all that supplemental content. Oh, you're, you're so right, Norma. And I think... You know, Nez's point, and, and I'd go back to this, the most insightful thing of the whole interview was Nez when he said, you've just got to have fun. Yes. You know, if you're if you're working in a company trying to get a B2B branded podcast out and you don't have time, it's not going to be fun. You've got to make sure the frequency matches. You know, you've almost got that fun frequency um, and it's how frequent you can produce it without getting overstressed and overworked and, and and not being able to deal with the pressure. And to me, that that's that's a great guide to frequency. You know, if you can finish recording with a smile on your face, you know, you've probably got the right frequency. Oh, I love that. I think that's so important. Um, well, it's been such a pleasure to speak to both of you. I have a couple of more questions. Um, and we kind of touched on monetization about how it's mostly indirect. But do you ever have clients ask you about, direct monetization through their podcast or B2B podcasts? We've never had that before. Um, okay. And most of our clients, the, the reality is, is that the, because the audiences tend to be quite small, mm -hmm. the cost of production would be way bigger than the value you'd get from um, monetizing the podcast itself. But also the upside from, you know, winning new customers, um, you know, if you're selling a baggage handling system that's tens, hundreds of millions of pounds, getting a few pounds through podcast advertising really doesn't matter. So I think it's really hard in B2B. Again, you know, quite often B2B and B2C are the same. In this case, not at all. As soon as you go to something that that is targeting individuals rather than organizations, I think monetization comes in. And so um, if you're looking at a consumer podcast, it's a completely different world. But in B2B, because they want it to be about their brand, they want it to be really super focused. Um, they don't want to do advertising. I think in consumer, it almost makes the podcast sound a bit more professional if it's got ads. It's a very different mm. world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Mike Maynard and Ness Masuo. Um, before we end today, I just want to ask you one last question. How do you recommend companies get started? Because it can be a bit daunting <laughs> to start a podcast within your organization. So what are some some best practices or tips that you have uh, to get companies started? Ness? So one I recommend, again, agree what the messaging values you're trying to get across. What are we actually trying to achieve with this podcast? What are our goals? What's the thinking behind it? And two, find the right people 
Um, don't worry if people say no, because you do get a, that sometimes if you want to do a podcast with certain individual, <laughs> the decline, go again, keep trying. We recommend at least finding four or five people to do your the podcast series and getting them agreed well ahead before the recording, because what you don't want to do is when you start doing the recording process halfway through and you've only got two recorded and the other three have cancelled and you've got nowhere to go. So make sure you get everyone aligned at the beginning plan everything out and just go for it have fun you can't do anything wrong because the beauty of podcasting if it goes wrong you can re-record um, <laughs> unless it's a live podcast so have fun enjoy it and if you make a mistake there's also the beauty of editing you can always edit it out and make it sound professional so best practice that's my advice Absolutely. that's great Mike? yes yeah, so, sorry i was going to say I, I think you have to write notes about making sure you've got a pipeline of guests because mm. there's nothing worse than thinking I've got to record a podcast next week. I've got nobody to talk to. So that's brilliant advice. That's really useful. And, I th and I, the the secret about podcasting is a lot of podcasts are recorded two or three or four months ahead um, mm. because people don't ever want to run out of guests. They always want to not have that stress of having to get someone next week. So um, that's a great tip. My other tip would be focus on uh, the quality of sound. Um, it really matters. People underestimate how important it is. So either get a really good mic or a really good headset um, because that makes a huge difference to how your podcast sounds. If you've got a, a terrible mic and there's lots of background noise, you cannot fix that with editing. So um, that's really important. Mm. And another tip I'll ask or add, uh, make sure connection. You've got very good connection or sit close to a router because sometimes even the best of us uh, when we have great, very strong internet, it cuts out. So make sure VPN, you're off. Anything that can interrupt your connection, turn it off. People outside the room, you'd be surprised what some of these amazing recording systems can pick up. Dogs in the background, kids playing outside. So make sure you warn everyone, look, guys, for the next hour, I just need peace and quiet. We're going to record. Again, touching on Mike's great point about audio, it is key. There's nothing worse than someone listening to the audio uh, to a podcast and you've got people in the background talking, cooking, because now I know working from home, people in the office, you just don't want that. So try and minimize the disruptions and make sure that one hour is fully focused and, uh, and as good as it can be. Oh, I love that. Super important point. Well, it's been such a pleasure to speak with both of you. I'm going to read our outro and then we'll conclude for the day. So thank you everyone for joining us at Corporate Podcasting Smarter and our September live event, how to make impactful branded podcasts with Mike Maynard and Nesbert Musuo from Napier B2B. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter and Corporate Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasting and business professionals. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to this conversation, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and on our podcast. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a private podcast hosting solution for Fortune 100 companies and top enterprise organizations with secure encrypted podcasting and a proven track record within the industry. Head over to podbean.com backslash enterprise to learn more about our business and enterprise solutions. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.